beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in Wednesday, every single week. For inspiration, how you can live free. Nubia and Francis Chronicles Abroad. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Nubia. And I'm Francis. And welcome to Chronicles Abroad. Today, we got a great show for y'all. I mean, y'all don't even understand. We got a special show for y'all. Right, Francis? So special. So special. <laughs> and the reason why Francis is singing along, we have the woman behind our intro, right? When you hear our podcast week to week, you hear her wonderful, beautiful voice getting y'all ready for our wonderful, beautiful voices, Miss Stephanie James. Stephanie Say James. Stephanie. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> no doubt. I like that. Oh my gosh. Francis and I be just jamming to our own intro. It's ridiculous. You would think we get the club. <laughs> just jamming. Like I could just be walking down the street and it's just the song just in my head. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I had fun making it. I had a really good time making it. We made it in Tokyo. Um, it was a good time. It was a really good time. The recording piece of it and writing it, everything. Nice. Well, Stephanie, please let our listeners know a little bit about your story, because, I mean, I met you in Bali through um, a mutual friend who uh, told me basically to reach out to you. And thank goodness that we cross paths because you're in dynamic energy. Um, But outside of that, you have traveled to 18 countries in one year. Let us know. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I went with, um, I got into a travel group and a travel program. And yeah, so the premise was really, you know, 12 countries in 12 months. Um, and, you know, this, we started in South America for four months. We did Europe for four months. We did Asia for four months. And it was just an awesome time. Um, the other six came in with kind of bouncing around a bit. It's easy to jump around, you know, in Italy, um, in different places in Europe, you can hop on the train. So I did a lot of the jumping in Europe and then, um, visited Malaysia as well in Asia. So yeah, it's been, it was an amazing, amazing opportunity, um, life altering, life changing. So many life lessons learned, um, over the course of a year. It's weird. Cause I'm, I'm home now and I feel like I never left, but then I know I did, you know, when I like bow at the guy <laughs> in the restaurant, I'm like, Oh, that, that was weird. That was really weird. Um, I know that feeling too well. <laughs> or saying thank you, you know, in different languages. Um, just different. I went in the grocery store on my way home when I got back and I was like overwhelmed by the amount of options that we have just like so many breads, Yogurts, bet, ice creams, anything you want. So the reverse culture shock is, is, is hitting you? It is a real thing, yes. Um, yeah, th- there's a couple things. So one is hearing conversations and understanding what people are saying. Because for the whole year, I was really kind of zoned out. You know, I didn't know Hungarian, Bulgarian. I didn't know so many languages. So uh, kind of walking around, you hear people talking around you, but you kind of just zone out into your own world. Um, so to come home and hear a side conversation of somebody like talking about going to their storage later or just things that are irrelevant, 
but you can understand them. It's like, oh, good. It's almost loud. It's almost just like, oh, I don't really want to know what everybody's saying all the time. Um, and I didn't notice that until I left and then came back. Um, also foods, you know, you miss certain foods. Like I said, you're saying that you're speaking different languages to people, um, you know, bowing at people <laughs> when it's not custom, custom to do so. So it's just been a myriad of events that I've, I've noticed since I've been back. Awesome. So Stephanie, prior to your uh, 18 countries travel, have you traveled before? Like what was going on, uh, you know, in your life that you made this decision? Because that's, I mean, that's a huge um, commitment. You know, a lot of people are afraid just to go for a couple of weeks and you committed for like an entire year. Yeah, no, it was a huge, it was a huge step for me. Um, I was previously, I was with Frito-Lay for, for eight years and I had a great career. You know, I was um, promoted four times in eight years and everyone was like, oh, you're on the fast track. You know, you'd be crazy to leave. But it just felt like the opportune time to answer your question. Um, I had traveled before. I went to the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing. Um, I got an internship there. So I was there for the whole month. And that kind of sparked um, my travel interest Right, right yeah. out of college, that I got the internship great. and met, you know, Serena Williams, Roger Federer, Michael Phelps, um, all that stuff. It was a great, <laughs> great time. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. So that kind of sparked my interest um, in traveling, you know, abroad. And then I went to Greece in 2014 and then 2016, I went to Italy. And then it just became this insatiable desire. Like, I really want to go abroad. I really want to just go. So I started looking for opportunities to travel and work and then just came across um, some, you know, some groups that allowed me or afforded me the opportunity to, to do that. And so, yeah, it was a huge leap. A lot of people said, don't go. Um, a lot of people said, do go. You know, there's a lot of supporters that were like, I wouldn't do it, but you totally should. <laughs> those type of people, um, you kind of need those people in your life as well. But it was it was a big leap, but I'm so glad that I did it. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for anything. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about these groups? How does this group thing work? Yep. And so, um, so the one group that we had was the group that I, that I traveled with was Pangea, Pangea 196. And they, um, they take groups around the world, groups of people, different age range, different ethnicities, different nationalities, all these things around the world. And they're traveling together and their premise is, you know, living in 12, 12 countries, in 12 months. Um, so you can sign up for four months, you can sign up for eight months, you can sign up for 12 months. Um, and it's kind of like that. And you travel with the group. It's really like, you know, group oriented where you're always with them and doing different excursions. Um, and now I'm currently working with an organization called Be Here. And their premise is more so like building a flexible foundation. So we want you to have a home away from your home. So you're leaving your comfort zone without really leaving the comfortability, if that makes sense. Um, so you can say, I want to go to Prague. And the difference between be here and all the other groups is that, um, you can choose where you want to go and you can choose how long you want to stay there and when. So like Pangea would say, Hey, we're in Argentina in January. It's great. If you can come, if you can't, we're moving on to Chile. Whereas be here says, Hey, if you want to go to Argentina, tell us when you want to go and we'll make sure that you have their set up when you arrive. Um, some of the other groups, you live together, you have shared spaces. Be Here allows you to have your own private apartment. Um, we set up your co-working space. We have communities in all of these cities. 
that we operate in. So when you land, you already have a network of people that we're introducing you to. And then we also pay for your, um, well, your fee includes your gym or yoga membership. So it's like you're leaving home, but you're still, you're, when you arrive, you have your apartment, an office, a network, and a, a place to work out and keep your body in shape. So um, it was a great experience. Both, both um, would provide a, a great experience. It just depends on what you're looking for, so to speak. You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. That's awesome. I always find these groups uh, really fascinating. So is there like a criteria for these groups? Do you have to have a certain amount of money saved? Like how do you even go about making this happen? Yeah. So no, they don't care if you have uh, money saved as long as you pay them, right? <laughs> right? As long as you're paying every month, they're good um, with your savings accounts. But it's more the the idea behind both is to um, inspire digital workers to to come on board. So a lot of people that come, we do help them find remote jobs. So if somebody says, hey, I'd love to hear what you did, um, but I don't have a remote job, but I'm open to, to seeking that. We have resources that we provide them that we partner with um, at Be Here to, then we'll provide those to our clients if they're looking for remote opportunities. Um, but that's that's really the biggest thing is that they're dig- it's the digital nomad kind of network that all organizations are looking for. So, you know, the remote job is great. A lot of people come thinking that we are hiring, but it's not, we're not hiring, but we will help you find a remote job so that you can travel um, and have a bit more of a flexible foundation lifestyle. Wow. That's pretty damn cool. So what is it that you actually, what is it that you do um, for, I guess, work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, for be here, I, it's awesome because they asked me what I wanted to be called. Right. And so that's fun anytime. And if you give me that, it's going to end badly. So they, they asked me to be the sales director and, um, I opted. I was like, mm, that's nice. However, I think one that could be a bit cooler is a flexible lifestyle manager. So that's my name. I'm a flexible lifestyle manager. Um, I like kind of rolls off your tongue. I'm a flexible lifestyle manager. <laughs> yeah. So it does, right? It's fun. <laughs> and I think it's so fitting for, for where I'm in my life right now. Um, and they were all for it. Cause that's kind of our mantra is building that flexible foundation. Um, so I basically I'm in sales though. So anybody that signs up that applies online on our website is go Um, anybody that signs up, I would reach out to them. Um, and have the conversation say, Hey, Oh, you're interested in going to split. Let me tell you about my experience, you know, in Croatia and and some of the things that you can do. Let me send you some more information about what your apartment will look like, your co-working space, the community that we have there, um, and get you all set up. Let me find out when you want to go and help you plan that trip. Um, so that's basically that my role. And it's, it's great to having traveled to 18 countries because not everywhere, of course, yet, but I can talk to a lot of the places that, that we've been or that we operate in and give people, you know, sound advice and genuine advice for what they're looking for. Nice. So 18 countries, let's, let's tap into that. Give us your top three. Where, where did you go, number one, um, in your top three countries that you enjoy the most and why? So let's see. I went to Ecuador, Chile, Uruguay, Argentina, 
um, Italy, Prague, and Czech Republic. So Budapest in Hungary, Bulgaria, Austria, Germany, Liechtenstein, Switzerland, Thailand, Vietnam, uh, Indonesia, went to Bali, and I was in Tokyo, in Japan, and then Malaysia as well. Um, and I've been to Greece. I've been total 26 countries in my life, um, but 18 was in last year. Yeah. So, but out of the countries that I've, that I've visited, I would have to say my top, you said top three. Ooh, that's tough. So people always ask, you know, like, what was your favorite one? But it's so difficult, like, to compare the parliament to an elephant sanctuary, right? Because they're both really cool things, but they're so different. Um, I guess I would have to say Budapest in Hungary is one. Um, I enjoyed the parliament. They have ruined bars all over the city. Um, just like you would, you would think you're just walking down a, you know, deserted alley, and then you run into this amazing ruined bar that's that's decorated um, in all these fun ways, different themes. And um, Budapest is really great. I like the food, a lot of hearty meals. Um, let's see. I love Bali. I mean, Bali is just... Indonesia, I had, I mean, I know, I, I know <laughs> there's some maybe uh, mixed emotion. I've always reluctant to say anything <laughs> when it, about Bali because I, I like, I look at her sheepishly like, well, I kind of, I had a good time I, in Bali, yeah. but I, I don't know. It was like, like mm, when I said that mm, I love. Bali, yeah, exactly. <laughs> her eye is probably twitching right now. Um, but I loved Bali because of the the scooter now mind you you can rent a scooter other places right but i just loved having my scooter riding around on my scooter i felt so liberated i hadn't driven for like months out of the year i was taking public transportation um i loved changu going to the beach i did yoga on the beach at sunset um I mean, the food's okay. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't always recommend people like that are foodies to go to Bali unless you're vegan or vegetarian, then that's like the best place for you to go because they have so many options and great, you know, menus there for those, those people. Um, I yes, second that. I but second that. those people, those vegan <laughs> and vegetarian people. Yeah. Really? Guys. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I loved Bali. I loved every second of Bali, minus the volcano erupting and it keeping me out of Bali. <laughs> it's funny you didn't mention Chile. I just did a post on my Facebook on how Chile is one of my top 10 places to I go. I saw that. Yes, I absolutely oh. adore Chile. The food was amazing. The terrain is awesome. I mean, it's just, it's, I think it's the most beautiful country that I've seen. And you can go, you can see the whole entire country in like, I don't know, maybe like a 10 day vacation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did, I did enjoy Valparaiso. I did. I didn't enjoy Santiago as much as, as much as Valpo. Um, but Valpo, it was great. I would have to say my experience there was a bit different in the sense of I was um, looking for work actually um, January and February. So I was in Ecuador and Chile, January and February. So I was looking for work a lot. And, um, those two months. So I, I did do a lot of stuff in Chile, but not near as much as I did in the other countries after I got my, my job and kind of got into a better pattern. Um, but I, I enjoyed Valpo a lot and Santiago was okay. I, we were there in February. It was really, really, really hot. Um, when I went there. So that wasn't my favorite 
um, place, but Valpo for sure. But I had to say Bali, Budapest, and then Greece. Greece and Croatia are tied actually for me, but Greece, the food, I love Mediterranean food. So that I'm a sucker for feta cheese. They gave me a block of it every time. Every meal comes with the block of feta cheese. That sounds yeah, like, like heaven to me. Like, oh my God. Yeah, like, you trying to keep me here? You, you trying to keep me here? You just keep bringing me feta. <laughs> That's all you have to do. Like, I'm so simple. And they just br- kept bringing me blocks of feta cheese every day. So I loved Greece. But no, the, the I mean, oh man, Greece was everything. Riding the donkeys up the caldera, the sunsets, the volcanoes, the black sand beaches, the red sand beaches. Um, they have a cotton, the, uh, a beach called Golden Sand Beach where the sand feels like cotton literally like under your feet um greece was just everything i mean yeah i scuba dived in greece like i just did it It was like one of those trips where you just do everything that you want and i tell everybody that's one of my favorite countries in the world i'm actually a bit nervous to go back because i don't want to ruin the memory that i have of it um but i will go back to greece because it's that amazing and then croatia's tied as well because have you guys been to croatia no no, we have a, a, a no, list, list of places, but Croatia is, not one of them. Croatia is amazing. <laughs> like, right from from an American standpoint, you don't hear very many people say like, "Oh, I want to go to Croatia." Most people are kind of like, "Where is Croatia, and why would you go there?" And I was one of the. I was just like that as well. But um, we went and did a side trip from Italy um, to Croatia, and I loved it. I mean, Split, you know, has the water, the water sports. Um, it's a really clean very welcoming. Once again, it's like Mediterranean food. Um, but then you can go to Dubrovnik, which is like Game of Thrones. Like they, they filmed Game of Thrones at the castles in Dubrovnik. Um, I found the basketball court there that is like probably one of the coolest basketball courts in the world. Um, yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's, it's in the castle and it's overlooking the water in the whole city. So I was like, well, I would practice every second wow. here. For, yeah. Um, yeah, so Croatia is up there too. And you can rent a scooter in Croatia, which I also like. So there you go. <laughs> Very cool. So tell us a little bit more about like some of the people you've met, because I'm sure oh. like you have met like so many different people. Yeah. And how does that compare to the people that you know back home? Like some of those differences and what that experience is. Oh, that's a great like, question. That's a great question. I would say the one, when you ask that question, one that stands out the most is a a family we met in Ecuador. Um, They're an indigenous family and they made a deal with our tour guide that, you know, if we give them a little bit of money um, when the tourists come, they'll allow them to see their home because normally the indigenous people in Ecuador do not allow um, outsiders in. Um, So they made a deal and luckily that was our tour guide. So we had the opportunity to go and meet this family and he was like, come on in, come on in. And you walk to the door and there's 150, I'm not lying to you, guinea pigs on the floor oh my of goodness. the house. I would freak and out. open the door and there's guinea pigs greeting your feet and you're trying, and he's like, come on in. And you're like walking in trying not to step on guinea pigs. Oh my God, that's so um, cool. And so we asked him. No, it was, it was insane. It was <laughs> insane. Um, but yeah, that's their heating system. So, you know, I heard the best, I always joke around with my friends, like when we're walking in the cold, I'm like, you know, the best cure for warmth is body heat, right? I always say that. <laughs> Read it like you need to, right? And so they, um, 
No, we walk in and there's literally 150 guinea pigs on the floor of their home. And it was to keep their, their, their hut warm. Um, but you can imagine what else comes with that. I mean, guinea pigs, wow. they poop a lot. So there's a lot of yeah, things on the ground, but that was how they were living. But that was one family, like I would never forget. Um, and then I would tell you, I, I was fortunate enough to film. So I, I released my second, I'm a poet and a singer. And I released my second album of poetry and song titled Ember in December, right before I left. And I did that on purpose. I was like really working hard to get it done and, and released before I left so I could take it around the world with me. Um, so I was fortunate enough to perform in every country that I, that I lived in this year. Um, and then I was able to record a video in, on each continent that I lived in this year. So, um, That's cool. so That's really along cool. those lines is like meeting the people you said. So I was like, you know, a couple months before I would do some research and meet a videographer um, in each place and people that I wanted to work with to film this video for me. So I did one in Argentina and I met a great, uh, great guy, um, Alec Molnar, who did my video for me. And then, um, I have a new great, great friend in Hungary, uh, who's, um, Emmy, Emmy Lilliam. She did my video from in Budapest and we wanted to capture like the the rough part of Budapest, like the pre, you know, when they were still in communism and they had bullets in the, in the buildings and, um, not like all the beautiful parliament and all that, but more of the, the rougher side of Budapest to go, kind of go along with the poem. Um, so that was a really fun, that was a fun video. And we became friends after that. I mean, I went to her parents' lake house and was like eating off their fig trees. And, um, she was definitely a memorable um, person this year, like along, nice. along the way. Um, and then the last one was done in Vietnam. Um, and he's a French videographer who moved to Vietnam and he teaches the Vietnamese French and he's a videographer there as well. Um, so then he was a great guy. Yeah, he was a great guy. He actually was featured on TV. So I was on TV in Vietnam this well as this year as well with my video, which is <laughs> cool. Okay, Miss Celebrity. So yeah. that's awesome. it's funny. You're always like a step ahead of me because I was just about to go into some of your other multifaceted, like, you know, things that you do because you are an artist, a poet and a writer and all of those wonderful things. So you also have a business called The Artist Connection. Can mm-hmm. you give our listeners a little bit about what, um, TA is. Yes, for sure. For sure. So yeah, the artist connection, it, I started it, um, before I left as well. I had the concept in Chile and I reached out to, uh, I actually put a, just a post up on Facebook, like, Hey, who can design a website for me? Any takers? Uh, and one of my friends from college reached out and she's like, yeah, I'm a web developer. So we, we got together and talked through, um, my concept. And basically the concept was, or is, um, connecting artists internationally. So the mantra is bridging borders for artists worldwide, where an artist from Tokyo can land in Baltimore and know where to go, um, who to talk to, to get on stage and kind of help bridge the gap for international artists, for people that say, you know, I want to travel here, here and there. And I, we had two artists. One artist came from Baltimore and she performed in Naples and Rome. Kristen B. She's awesome artist. You guys should check her out. Kristen B. Music. 
um, she came and performed. She was our, our second artist. And then the first one was my friend that I met in Uruguay. And he was actually traveling to the States and he came to DC and performed at Bus Boys and Poets um, in DC through the Artist Connection. So really it's just connecting artists internationally and helping them help one another um, and make those connections because I perform literally in every country I lived in this year. And it, it's kind of difficult, but then it's not. You know, if you just have to know who to, who to talk to and where to go is really. So I wanted to create a platform that would um, afford that opportunity for other artists as well that want to perform internationally. I love that. I'm actually in the uh, website now and I signed up. And it's funny because I was actually thinking, uh, because I used to do spoken word and I was like, man, I would love to be able to have this like spoken word opportunity while right. I'm abroad. So this that you created is just Amazeballs, oh, and I freaking love it. <laughs> Thank you. There's some stuff going on too in um in Japan as well, like the uh, Ruby Room and Red Room. It's called Red Room. There are some places I didn't get a chance to go to, but they do have some um, open mics out there. There's a soul food restaurant as well in Tokyo. Um, I, have you heard of it? Yeah, it's open mics there. I, I went there. I'm, it was it was the food is really really good. Um, and it was it was for it was a good time. It was a good time. I feel like everything great happens in Tokyo. I'm in uh, Nagoya, okay. which is central. It's about two hours from Tokyo. So I'll have to see what the scene is like here in Nagoya. I'm sure there's uh, a scene here, but I haven't stumbled upon it yet. Well, I haven't been proactive, but um, I love what you're doing, and, and I look forward to seeing it blossom. I appreciate so cool. yeah. Thank you. It really is. It really is. So now you are back in the States. Oh, I know. <laughs> 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 right. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I am. Um, it's good. You know, it's actually quite overwhelming, like the amount of people that want to see me and hear about my journeys. And I'm, I'm really close to just saying, hey, I'm going to be at this Panera Bread for eight hours. And whoever comes in, I would love to see you because it's really is it's proving to be challenging, like trying to get to everybody. Yeah. And I'm not going to stress myself out, you know, trying to get to everybody. I'm, um I did miss a lot of the babies because, you know, and puppies because you can talk to adults and <laughs> babies and puppies. <laughs> yeah. Like all the kids that aren't old enough to like know who you are yet, but you still want to hold them and play with them and stuff. Mm. And then the dog, you know, like, um, but everybody else is, you know, I'll just, I don't know. I'm so close to just saying, Hey, I'm going to be at this place for this amount of hours. And like, I would love to see whoever can stop by. It's kind of going to be my method because trying to get to every person mm -hmm has no, been it. it's I but I just had no idea I had no idea that the welcome back would be so warm so it's quite nice like I, I went to church the other day and the minister of music was like come up he started singing the song that I used to lead and he told me to come on stage and like lead the song so I was like okay just right back into it let's go let's do this um but it was a nice welcome it was a nice welcome back so it's been fun to see everybody I think I'll be sad if I was staying though I think I would be sad if I was staying. So I'm kind of in and out. I'm back to see everybody, refuel, and then I'm going to be back out. Awesome. So before, because I do want to touch base on exactly what we, you know, uh, mm -hmm. what's next for you. But first, uh, what's what have you learned about yourself since being on this journey? Like who is Stephanie before this journey and who's mm. Stephanie now? 
Hey, how much time you got? Just kidding, Liz. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. I would say Stephanie before this journey was adventurous um, within a certain, within her limits. Like, you know, I, I would, like, I traveled 90 times domestically. I, I, people ask me about the states. I've done the states as well. I haven't been to 50 states, but I've been to about 38 states. So I love my country too. Um, but I was always adventurous. You know, I would, I would go to Massachusetts and, like, be at a meeting and see a horseback riding stable and just go hop on a horse. You know, I would do those things in the states as well. Um, so I've always been adventurous, but I felt like it was still with limitations, still with a bit of fear, like, uh, I'm going to take a trip, but just, yeah, just to, to Seattle, you know, we'll go check out this place or that place. Um, so to, to Stephanie, after this journey is like, there's no limits. There are zero limits on anything you want to do. You can do, it's just a matter of, um, putting your mind to it. You know, I always tell people on my, on my social media, say what you want until you see what you said. And I, and I've seen it manifest too much. I've seen that when people are deliberate about their intentions in life, it happens, it happens, you know, but you actually have to really, really, really believe um, in what you're asking for. Manifestation, baby. I'm all about it. So can you say Uh, that one more time? Because that was actually a a deep, profound statement. And it's so simple. It's so simple. It's so simple, but it's true. And like so many people, they say what they want, you know, but they don't, one, they don't say it enough. Two, um, when they're saying it, you know, it's even biblical. Like the Bible says, you know, believe in the things that you ask for and you will receive them. But that's a huge caveat, right? Like you have to really believe in what you're saying. You can't just say that you're healed and not trust that that healing is there or that is coming. Um, and I think too many people talk, they talk about what they want, but they don't believe that they can really do it. Or they don't believe that, you know, God can, because sometimes you need to even think bigger than yourself. And, and to step outside of yourself is scary for people because it's like, if I can't get it done, I have to trust something bigger than me. You know, it can be God, it can be the universe, whatever people ascribe, ascribe to. Um, but you have to trust something bigger than yourself to help you in a lot of these type of journeys. And when you do that and you do it freely, that is when the change comes in. That is when the miracle happens. That is when things that you, you know, you couldn't even fathom for yourself. Like you might've asked for a burger and then here goes the universe. Here goes God. Like, here's a big steak. Here's a huge steak for you. And you're like, man, that burger was good, but this steak is so much better. Um, and that's, I think that's the difference. Like, you know, the Stephanie before was enjoying the burgers and fries of the world, the comfortabilities of my home, of my benefits, of my salary. And the Stephanie today is kind of like, there's no limits on on what God can do in my life. There's no limits on what I can achieve if I believe in it. I love that response. And I, I completely agree with that. And I think it's such a mind shift for people because we're so like, if your goal and whatever you want to achieve is possible, it's not big enough. And so it has to feel impossible. Like how in the world am I going to create this? that means that you need to create it. So I love that, which leads me to my next question. What kind of person do you think you need to be to embark in such a journey like this, to travel abroad, to even maybe possibly live abroad? Like, who do you need to be 
what kind of mindset do you need to have to be able to do this type of thing? Um, as I think, uh, like I said, like I'm really on the belief portion of it. I think that it, there's there's a so many different people, even just say? in my travels and meeting them. You have your free birds that are just here, there, and everywhere. You have um, you're very organized, OCD. Everything has to be planned out before I arrive. You have so many different. Um, personalities, different types of people, but the the one commonality among all of us is that we were open, and we in, you know we believed that we believed that it could happen. I mean, I met people that like myself, and then others too that came on the trip without a job and said, "I'll find a job." Like that level of faith, that level of belief, one in yourself, because you have to really believe in yourself, like in your talents, in your skills, and your abilities, um, and then you have to you have to have faith that that everything's going to work out. And and honestly, things don't always work out, right? Like, let's talk about Nubia in Indonesia and having the time of their life. You know, things don't always work out, but you need that personality that's like, that's okay. Like, things didn't work out the way they were planned, but that's okay. And this is what I'm going to glean from it. You need somebody that's open to glean from every experience, whether good or bad, because truth be told, we do that every day at home anyway. Everything at home is not great, but you're just used to it. So we're creatures of habit and that we're like, this, this is bad too, but I, I know what to expect from this bad. So I'll just stay over here. It's like, you know, it's different, you know, missing your flight can, can suck or getting stuck on an Island because the volcano erupted. That's bad, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's just like, there's levels to bad. There's levels to this. So you just need people that yeah. that are open, that are open to change, that are going to say yes to things they haven't said yes to before, um, and that are just ready to be free. I mean, Never it is been. such a it is such a level of freedom, um, a sense of freedom that you get when you go when you embark on this journey. And I know both of you know as well, but you just you feel so free, so light. Um, when you embark on these type of journeys. Yeah, right. And I'm glad you you pointed that out because, you know, I started chronicling my, what I call the real, you know, um, and it's not like a bitch session. It's not for me to rant and rave. It's really to show people that travel isn't all peaches and cream, but we just, we get through it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's things that come about, like you said, I mean, Francis just missed her flight. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> can I just say really quickly, <laughs> the way I missed my flight was so outrageous because I was oh, upstairs, no. like upstairs, drinking some jasmine tea, just really relaxed. I was too relaxed. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. I was supposed to do something. <laughs> I was like, wait, this this military times this just messes me up and I'm like oh, I missed it no. by like five minutes literally. yeah we do some stupid shit abroad we do stupid yeah, shit like, okay. we, we sometimes wow. just you know things just happen right and you have to roll with the punches and be like oh well it is what it is and you move forward um yes my experience in Bali might not be <laughs> best doesn't mean I won't go back to Indonesia it just means okay. that you know what I'm saying I had uh, an experience it means Ubu will never see you again right <laughs> y'all can have monkey forest <laughs> it means monkey pretty much pretty much open toe shoes <laughs> 
thank you. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But um, overall, like you said, it just takes for you to be like, you know what? I'm going to be open to it. You have to be open to something mm-hmm. and not be so fearful to allow yourself to be stagnant. Because if you stay in the same place, you're going to be complaining about the same stuff and nothing's going to change. That's real. Absolutely. That is the real. Why, thank you. So... <laughs> so now um, I have a little bit of some fun questions I like to ask. Uh-oh. Um, Girl, it's nothing, really. <laughs> really? I always say I like when our guests lean against their edge a little bit. Okay. But first, first fun question. Uh, since you're in the States, mm-hmm. uh, what was the very first thing that you're like, I cannot wait to eat? Like, mm. I'm going to have this. Chicken wings. What? <laughs> Chicken wings. So they had, yeah. Chicken wings, so really? Had, yes, because I love chicken wings and I like some good chicken wings, you know? And they had chicken wings throughout the world, but they're just not like, you know, Vietnam almost made me vegetarian. I'm not even going to lie to you because I was running and I saw chicken being feathered and, and his neck being <laughs> like almost slit, like on my morning run. And then, you know, I would see a chicken in the morning and I would come back at night and he would be roasting. And I was just like, man, I just saw you. Like, we just were talking. Girl, that sounds fresh as chicken. You had a good with the program. No, it was so good, though. So I talked myself, you know, I said, okay, cool. I'm, you know, I eat chicken. You eat meat. You know, I'm in the mirror like, we eat meat. All right, let's go. So I go downstairs. <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm ready to eat this chicken. And I get down there and the, the chick. The baby chick was spinning, and I was like, "Man, let me just have the shrimp. Let me just get." Oh yeah, my god! <laughs> but no, chicken wings. Chicken wings from this one place called Ibar in Baltimore. It has chef style wings, and it's a buffalo sauce with Parmesan cheese, and it is phenomenal. Um, mm. So I was looking forward to that. Um, yeah, definitely chicken wings. I would say are the top of the list because everything else, you know, because of the way that my program was set up. I had really good food all year. It wasn't like I was deprived of anything per se. Um, maybe some cheese, maybe like melted cheese as well. Cause they don't really do that. They don't do like artificial cheese. Um, even in South America, you ask for queso, we got blocks of cheese. It was hilarious. One of my, um, flatmates was from Houston. So she loves Tex-Mex. And so it was just, a, it became a running joke all year of her trying to get chips and queso because, I mean, we got crackers and like blocks of cheese one time when she ordered that, you know, the, the that's too funny definition of case, their queso around the world is, is very skewed compared to what, what we would consider queso. Um, so look, yeah, like nachos, like chips and queso, even tortilla chips are not everywhere in the world. So I love multigrain Tostitos and um, fresh like salsa. That was like one of my favorite snacks, like a fresh, fresh salsa chopped up and then Tostitos, multigrain Tostitos. So some of those like little things for sure. I I definitely missed. Awesome. Yeah. You're not going to find that Tostitos and you know, that's not, not in Japan at least. No. And it's sad. All right. So next, (laughs) the next question is, so you've been a year abroad Mm -hmm. and we get this question a lot, you know, what's dating like? How do you oy, factor oy. that? Oi, 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 oi. All right. Oy. 
All right, I'm leaning into this, Stephanie. I'm waiting to hear this question. Go ahead. Oh, you better lean hard. Lean hard. (laughs) So silly. (laughs) No, so it's fun. It is fun for me. And um, let me say why. Because when you're abroad, you meet different people from all over the world. So I did meet, you know, I was on Tinder. um, And like people were like, oh, my friend. Shout out to Tinder. Yeah, shout out to Tinder. Whoop, whoop. You know, they were like, there's Tinder around the world. I'm like, yeah. You know, so I, I have a funny story. I, I was on Tinder in Budapest and I met um, a, I met one guy. I met two guys, right? And so they both like planned dates with me um, maybe like a day apart. So the one day I, I went um, <laughs> on a date with the one guy and then it, it was fun. We were friends. It was kind of just a friendly encounter. And then the next night I, I went on a date with another guy and the guy says, well, um, what'd you do last night? I was like, Oh, I went on a Tinder date. And then he felt so weird. Like afterwards, like, Oh, this girl's just like a serial Tinder dater. Um, he told me later that he thought it was like really weird that I was so honest, um, that I was on another date like the night prior. But you know, I'm like, Hey, let's just be honest about, about, about our stuff. Right. Um, and then in Bali, um, I, I met, um, uh, another individual that I actually, we were at, <laughs> we were at, a, <laughs> we were at a coworking, a coworking, um, event and, and I met, I met this, this young lady that I was talking to and, um, we hit it off and we have continued talking and. And I'm still friends with the guy in Budapest as well. So, you know, I'm just open. I'm very open to exploring and meeting new people. But I think that's another thing, like with your personality type, just being open to who you can meet and dating and the dating scene. And it's actually, it's quite fun, in my opinion. Like, it's kind of hard, though, in the way that I did it. Like, if you traveled abroad and you were going to stay somewhere, that's one thing. But traveling abroad and bouncing to a different country every month is hard, right? Because you're always leaving. You're, you're never going to be around long enough to, to have anything really, really solid with that individual. So that makes it a bit dumb, tough, if you, especially if you don't like long-distance relationships. Girl, because dating is non-existent over here. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> It kind of sucks. Is it non-existent or have you just not tapped into the right market mm, yet? Non-existent, my dear. All about that manifestation. I'm trying to manifest me, my ideal partner. So it's, you know, okay. I can bounce around this world all I want and enjoy and bask in the beauty, but it would be nice to do it with somebody, right? That you are romantically involved with and who also enjoys the mm-hmm. world of traveling. And I think that's the biggest difference. I've met a lot of people along the way but they're either on their course of journey or they mm-hmm. um, haven't necessarily emotionally emancipated themselves from their past. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, yeah. I, and I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm on a whole different vibration. You don't nah. have that type of time. I, I, you don't I, have that I'm type just of not time. tapping into that mm-hmm. no more. Like we got to be on a whole different plane. Newbie is 40. And it's a whole <laughs> Once you get to a certain point, you're just like, I ain't got time for that mess. Like, you know, um, so, yeah, I don't know. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hear you. I'm 31 and I'm on the same wavelength as you. Like, no nonsense, no nonsense. I once was the, you know, getting over my past. I was very honest with that as well. Like where I was in my journey with with my heart, with matters of my heart. You know, of course, it's frustrating because you're like, man, I just want to really be over this person. But 
I was very honest until I was over that person. I was honest that I wasn't. Um, and I think that's really important when you're dating as well as just that communication and being able to say, hey, this is where I am and this is where I'm not or this is where I want to be. And this is where I really don't want to be. Um, so, yeah, I was just open. I was open um, to meeting new people and exploring. And it, it was it was really fun. It was tough because I was always leaving. I was always like, oh, I've got three weeks here that we can hang out. And that was kind of the story of my life. So um, it would be more fun to be abroad and then meet that person and be staying there and be able to explore those options a bit more. Yes, I totally, I, I totally get that. And it's interesting because I feel like there's like a fine line with being open. So uh, I, this is a gym I frequent here in uh, Nagoya. And uh, I met this African guy and he's super cool and everything else. He's like, yeah, let's hang out. So I'm open to like, you know, hanging out mm-hmm. with folks and everything else. Then, you know, we hang out and I'm like, wait, I think he thinks we're on a date. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. I'm like, I have to break it to this guy. Like, I'm oh. really not, you know you know, I'm not interested in that kind of way. (laughs) And then (laughs) later in the night, I was like, I got to tell him. (laughs) And and so I told him and then he was like, well, you know, because I identify as a lesbian. I was like, well, you know, I'm gay. And he he didn't believe me. Oh, no, no, no. no. So I had to go through that. It was like multiple stages of coming out with this guy. And he was Uh, He still had a blast. He probably had like a difficult time with accepting that because they not not categorizing all of them, but it, I mean, most of the like a lot of African men that I meet are are very tough when it comes to accepting accepting LGBT community and saying, okay, I get that, you know, like they'll be like, why are you, why are you gay? You're you're beautiful, and I'm like, oh, okay, was it a prerequisite for me to be ugly to 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 identify as? Yeah, because because <laughs> he was because then it turned into a whole like educational session. Okay, so it was like so oh, you, but you have a child, and you're get. I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, my uterus still yeah. works, <laughs> still it's it's still intact. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but we had a great time nonetheless. But I, I find myself, you know, wanting to be open, but I'm like, oh, yeah, Lord. I hear you. Well, I think men also just don't understand, regardless of their background, is rejection. Like, why would you reject yeah. me? I don't understand. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I think that plays a part into it as well. Sure. Yeah, that's very true. It's just a men, a man thing. And then they like to chase. Men like to chase. Um, and it's, it's a it's completely cool. I like to be chased when I when I like you. Uh, and that's just, but you know, both of them are, are still my friends. And so, you know, I, it's that's that's a cool thing. I, I like that. I was able to, you know, meet a lot of people abroad and still maintain friendships, you know, with a Hungarian, with a person, with a person from Cameroon, with a British person, you know, like it's fun to have friends all over the world. And so like to your point, like being open can sometimes pose some challenges, but then it also, if, if, if we play our cards right and they're not craze balls, we can, um, make some good friends along the way as well. Of course, of course. That's how we met. We, you know, crossing paths is uh, it's amazing if you're just open to it. And mm-hmm. I love it because, you know, um, people hit me up all the time. Like, you know, I have a friend coming to Thailand. I want to connect you guys. I mean, I, I meet some amazing people that way. So that's great. So tell us what's next. How long are you in the States before you get back on that plane and where are you headed? Yeah, so um, I got the job with Be Here recently, so I'm super excited about that. We talked about the flexible lifestyle manager position, and 
um, with with that, um, you can live anywhere in Europe or Asia um, because that's where our regions are currently. We're going to expand in South America soon, um, but right now we're in Europe and Asia. And so um, I'm going to be in the States. I'm going to be in Baltimore for a month. This is where I lived for eight years before I left. So it's a lot of people, a lot of doctors and dentists and things you know, to do before I head back out. Um, so I'm in Baltimore for a month. I'm going to visit a friend in Houston and some friends in Dallas for a week after Baltimore. And then my mom would completely kill me if I didn't go to Colorado, which is where I'm originally from. Um, and so I'm going to Colorado for two weeks. I also have a little brother who's almost two, which is, is fun and interesting. <laughs> so I'm going to go see him. Um, and I'll be in Colorado for two weeks. And then after that, I'm moving to London um, the end of February. So February 20th. I will be relocating to London. Um, yeah, which I'm excited about. Everybody says it's a great. I've actually never been to awesome. London, but I've heard that the art scene is amazing. Um, the people are fun. I love their accent. They say I have an accent. I believe that they do. So I guess we'll just battle battle that out um, when I arrive. But yeah, I'm looking forward to to being based in London, and then I'll be traveling a bit to Barcelona, Lisbon, Split. Um, and then I'll uh, probably the back end of the year I'll be in in um, Asia, Bangkok and Chiang Mai and um, Ho Chi Minh, Bali. No doubt. Favorite. Well, we look forward to coming to see you in Europe because I mean I'm totally all about the London life. Okay. It is amazing what and chill. It's expensive. Like, I've heard the weather is terrible. I've heard it's expensive. Like some people actually it seem like it's, it's kind of skewed where. People either love it or they really hate it. Like they really love it or they really hate it. There's nobody has told me it's just okay. People either say I hate that place or I love that place. You know, when I went, um, we were there for I think it was ten or twelve days. It was a quite a quite a long time, um, and I got to just chill. You get what I'm saying? I didn't do the whole itinerary, and I'm yeah. going here and I'm going there. I didn't do that. So basically, um, we would hop on the bus or the the tube, and we would just explore the city. Right? Okay. The okay. Happy hours. Now I'm from not from DC, but I lived in DC, and the happy hour culture is my thing. So mm-hmm. the happy hours in London was what's up, right? Okay. So okay. you know, you were in the club in the in the states, Moet was costing you like two, three hundred dollars a bottle, but in London, I mean, Moet was not. It was like twenty US dollars. You get what I'm saying? Oh, wow. <laughs> so the comparison was crazy. Um, it's expensive to go like to the movies or the theater. Mm-hmm. Whoa! I was like movies. The movie was like twenty US dollars. Wow! Yeah, it was crazy. Ooh, so yeah, it was. But there were some beautiful parks. Red, box, red boxing and Netflix and Netflix girl. Netflix. Netflix and chilling is my thing, but there's some beautiful parks. The architecture is amazing. The museums are amazing. It's really chill, and I think you'll um, you'll totally enjoy it. Plus, I was there during the Caribbean Festival, oh. so I mean. Yeah, girl. I was getting my, my groove yeah. on and getting some good West Indian food because, you know, there's a huge West Indian population in London. So That's amazing. Oh, I didn't know that. So I look forward to that. Oh, I love that. For too. sure. For sure. If you can, rent a car and drive out to the countrysides. Okay. You'll see castles along the roads. And I mean, it's just amazing. It's really just a beautiful place to me. Hmm. Place. I like the accent. I like the accents. They say oats instead of cereal. They say trainers instead of sneakers. They say, um, 
crisp instead of chips. Like we say chips, you know, they're like crisp. Uh, everything is just so much cuter. They don't say television. They say telly. You know, the telly. Yeah. The telly. And their television shows are <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Oh, the BBC. Girl. Yeah. Their comedies are, are straight just hilarious. Right. Well, well, a lot of the... Yeah, a lot of the U.S. TVs oh, are based okay. off of British series. So, well, I look forward. Would, I'm, I'm first, totally but. looking forward to to London. I've never been to Barcelona. I love Spanish. I love Spain, and I love Europe. So, I have to get to Spain next year. Um, I've heard amazing things about Portugal. So, I did a lot of Eastern Europe last year, and this year I'm going to be more in the Western side of Europe. Um, and looking forward to that for sure. Not so much the prices because Eastern Europe is cheaper. Um, but you know we'll go we'll, we'll we'll go with the year the euro is not as strong as it had been in the past so hopefully it doesn't hurt, hurt my pockets too much um. so it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel we believe traveling is an investment in you so our mission is to inspire you to book that flight check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure and our hope is to ignite connections all over the world Awesome. So you have a lot of amazing things lined up. So Stephanie, uh, I want to ask you one last thing. So if what advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about traveling or thinking about living abroad? What would you tell them? I would tell them just start. And that is like the worst advice ever. Right. And so I met this motivational speaker, um, a while back. And I don't really ever do this. I would just hear the speech and I leave. I'm not the person that waits to shake the pastor's hand at the end of the church. I just, you know, appreciate the message and I roll out. Um, but I, I waited in line like to talk to this lady because her speech was so awesome. And That's I was like, man, I would love to be a motivational speaker one day. Um, you know, what, what, did, what, what advice, you know, and I waited for like an hour to ask her this question. Like, what advice would you give me? You know, and she was like, just start. And it drove me nuts. I was like, really, really lady. Like, you know, I was hoping like for some profound thing, but it's true. It, it really is. It, it, but it is. And I get that now. I get that now, you know, that like the more like you just have to start everything, like with my album, with even this trip, even with looking for jobs, looking for digital jobs, looking for, you know, different opportunities. You just have to start and you have to chip away at it every single day. So I would tell somebody that's looking to go on this journey, just start to think that way, start to plan it, start to think about the places you want to go when you would want to go, put them on your wall, look at them every day, just start manifesting what you want and watch and watch, watch what, watch it happen. You know what I mean? Watch, say what you want until you see what you said and I'm a firm believer in that. And so I would say just start doing that. Start being more deliberate about what you want to see in your life um, and for your future. And it, watch it happen. It's amazing. It's, it's like actually mind-blowing nowadays. Like my friends and I, my sister, my sister is, you know, she's much of the same. She's in Colombia. She just was in Peru. She's, you know, she's manifesting everything that she wants for herself and more. And so the more you see it and the more you surround yourself with people that are doing it, it's impossible not, it's contagious. It's contagious. 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for the intro. We absolutely adore it. And so for the listeners that want to stay in touch with you, follow you, let us know where to find you on social media. For sure. Please connect with me at Just the Vessel 22. Just a Vessel, V-E-S-S-E-L 22. Um, and that's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can follow me on all those. And then my, um, I did a vlog from every country this year. So if people are interested in seeing the vlogs um, from my travels, you can see them at justavesselpoetry.com. Nice. Justavesselpoetry.com. Um, and then if they're interested in the artist connection, it's taconnection.com and we're TA connection on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome sauce. All right. (laughs) So I would love, I would love to connect with everybody listening. And if you have any questions about traveling, I would love to, to help recommend to suggest um, whatever, you know, I would love, I always love to talk about, talk about the journeys and, Um, So anybody that wants to connect, please, please do. I would love to hear from you. Again, we will definitely stay in touch and we look forward to having you on the show again to let us know what the 2018 adventures were like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would love that. Next time I talk to you, I'm like, hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? (laughs) Are you on that? Hello. Like, how's the rocks in your water over there in London? <laughs> I like your trainers, actually. God, they must hate Americans. <laughs> hate us. <laughs> well, thank you for your time, Stephanie. We look forward to following your journey along. I can't wait to see what you have in store for 2018. Well, thank you both so much. And thank you for trusting me with your intro. And I look forward to following Chronicles Abroad as well. And just hearing from all the amazing people that you guys are going to be interviewing and and connecting me with also. So thank you so much for creating the platform. Like you guys are so awesome. Um, I can't wait to talk to you in 2018 as well and and hear about, I'll be watching you along the way, but to talk to you again and just kind of hear about how it's, you know, flourished because I know that it will. So congratulations. I appreciate that. For sure. Yes. Yes. All right, ladies. So till next time. Peace. We will talk to you. Peace. for tuning in to chronicles abroad please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms head over to itunes to subscribe rate and leave a review follow us on instagram and hit that like button at chronicles underscore abroad find us online at our website chroniclesabroad.com for tips resources and ways we can collaborate so don't forget to join us next week for another episode until then beautiful people thanks for listening Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.